0: We're looking for reasons that he might have broken the rules. Nothing described by race control. Could it be the pit lane speed limit? They usually describe that. Watch the rear wheels when it's on the jack. That's the only thing. No.
1: Welcome to F24U, the show about second tier race car drivers, hosted by second tier sports car analysts. I am your host, Jishan, feeling good, and I am joined today by my co-host and good friend Matthew Hume. How are you feeling, good sir?
0: There is 20 tier two drivers in F2, one tier one driver, and one tier four driver. Tier four driver? Uh, Stay tuned. Stay tuned to find out who's who.
1: Ah. Is the tier one driver of uh, Brazilian descent, perhaps?
0: Yeah, how did you know it was Enzo it Ah,
1: of course it's.
0: <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, yes, he it, it, it could well be. Oh, it's foreshadowing. The rumors. Is...
0: <laughs> Love it. I'll tell you what, though, the uh, tier four driver is 100% Estonian, so. <laughs> okay. I think he's Estonian. Yeah, no, he's
1: Estonian. Estonian. Born in the capital Estonia, of 100% Estonia. Do you know the capital of Estonia?
0: I may be able to guess it if you presented me with like four options or something, but off the top of my head, no. Poor form. I thought you were. I, I thought you were a geography buff,
1: mate. It's Talon.
0: Even oh, I may have, yeah, but no. I was no, I'm never going to pull that from my head. That's that's pushing it from my limits. Fair enough. 420,000 people live there. Um,
1: Saint Nicholas Church, uh, Keek Indekok. Um, Yeah, a lot of classic (laughs) (laughs) things to do and see in Tallinn, the capital of Estonia. We might as well start there. We'll start off with the news ahead of this Formula 2 weekend in Barcelona, Circuit de Catalunya. Barcelona! Uh, Yep. Pierre Emmerich Albamayang, good guy, good fellow. Uh, Robert Lewandowski. Has that been confirmed? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I Interesting. Think
0: so. oh, he's definitely leaving Bayern.
1: Definitely leaving Bayern. That is a fact. Go back to Dortmund, mate. We all want you to replace ha- replace. If you come to
0: Cardiff, is what he. Come, do. To <laughs> and, like, what to you come to Cardiff. Bring glory back to Cardiff. Come to Cardiff. I reckon. Just think about it. If okay, all I'm saying is if Alexander Mitrovic can score like 34 goals in a championship season, Lewandowski could score 30. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, you've got you to gotta remember, when grading world footballers, you slowly go up in that, like, Lionel Messi, second greatest footballer of all time, mm. the greatest footballer of all time, championship Mitrovic.
1: Championship Mitrovic. Premier
0: League Mitrovic. <laughs> <laughs> Premier League Mitrovic is like bottom 10 all time, but Championship Mitrovic <laughs> is just in a different stratosphere to anyone else.
1: Surely Championship Bamford is in that conversation as well.
0: Oh, Championship Bamford's top 10. Mm,
1: yep, 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 of course.
0: It's so genuinely, cool. it's, it's, we'll have to do one of these sometimes. You've got to, because like, I saw a few cycling YouTubers that I follow pulled out some lists recently of like top 10 climbers and that, and it was just all the like, One singular thing, so such and such on that one hill that averages every year without fail, certain riders will just come to one race that has this particular Mm note and do fucking op, and then the rest of the year they just look like a scrub. Oh yeah. And it was just like a top ten of just and got to got to pull it out like fucking, you know, like ten worst Formula One drivers of all time, and you know number one is Charles Leclerc Monaco. Monaco Charles Leclerc. Leclerc.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. Alright, well yes, let's let's jump into the news, okay? There's been some big news. Matt, what are your thoughts on the fact that New York have removed their last payphone from the city?
0: I mean, it's just, at this point in time, what's the point of even fucking existing? Uh, Agreed. What's the the point of doing that? We've battled our way through two and a half bit years of COVID Mm -hmm. just for New York to take out all the payphones. Like, what's the fucking point? (sighs) <laughs> Why are we even doing this podcast?
1: I've wanted to like, go to New York cares? my it's entire fucking... life,
0: but like I don't want to anymore.
1: What's if I can't
0: fucking. I use know I phone... literally the only thing the only thing, like whatever that I might like, the one thing in New York that interests me. The pay for it. Exactly. And it's just gone. So it's like what's the point? And what if the this
1: point? trend, you know, continues worldwide? What will Doctor Who do?
0: Well, I mean he'll be fine because he's he's payphone telephone box was already out it wasn't like it was a current telephone true, box. True. that was the whole thing he just he <laughs> wait just, they haven't been updating in theory, the telephone a Tard- boxes a tardis is season. able to a tardis is able to change his camouflage to blend in with his surroundings but his whole like thing was he took like a broker or whatever that was just stuck on an old police telephone box
1: ah Oh well, that shows Didn't how little care. I know so you about Doctor Who. It everywhere. I, it'd be nice if they right. updated his TARDIS, uh, in my opinion, just to show you know, sign of the times and all that.
0: But yes, us... Obviously, the up, the the inside the inside's always updating. Right, the whole point uh, okay. The the outside is just like that's part of the part of the character, it's part of the charm, is it? Yeah. There you go.
1: You learn something new every day. Another day, another dollar. Early bird gets the worm. Uh, speaking of birds, Yuri Vips. To drive in FP1 for Red Bull uh, in place of Sergio Perez leading into Catalonia. I didn't realize this, but he is the official AlphaTauri reserve driver and has apparently driven multiple tests for Red Bull in the past and will continue to do so That's this crazy. season. Um, as well as obviously running in the young driver's test in Abu Dhabi last season as well. Udy, Udy. And yeah, it's, it was kind of... On, I was surprised. I, I kind of... Thought that it'd be like a Liam Lawson to be in that car. But then I guess Vips has more experience. So maybe it makes sense if they want, you know, some some Less help. talent. Yeah, please go.
0: Oh, that's all I have to say so far. It just says less talent. Less talent. It's,
1: wow. He's got talent. He's just a little bit inconsistent. Okay. Okay. But uh. Yeah, but,
0: mate, Mick Schumacher has talent, but. Yet to see it! He's terrible, I've so. seen
1: Yuri Vips' talent. I've seen him do very, very okay. good things, but I've also seen him do very bad things. Okay,
0: literally, literally, the statistics show you that Mick Schumacher is an F2 champion. Yuri Vips has won like two races and spun a lot. <laughs> they and also same.
1: completed lots of gorgeous overtakes.
0: Uh, Mick Mick Schumacher is the great... I think Mick Schumacher's probably got, like, statistically the greatest overtaker in F2 just because he got five laps laps on the first position every race.
1: (laughs) Show me the stats, mate. Show me the fact to back up that claim. If not, get out of the fucking building.
0: Where's the... uh, Where's the empirical evidence?
1: Exactly, exactly. But... Formula 2, they've run these kind of deep dives into characters, you know, on the grid, basically, on a weekly, on a weekly basis, and they did Yuri Vips uh, in lieu of this new story breaking. So just some, you know, just some fun little facts about Yuri Vips. His favourite food is Domino's cheesy garlic bread, followed by a good greasy oh. burger.
0: Oh, mate, he's already, you know what? That's the biggest face turn of all time. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's turned around my whole opinion on Yuri Vips because Domino's cheesy garlic red fucking hits. Is he up. now
1: a tier two driver again?
0: Hey, top of tier three,
1: mate. He's officially back to being
0: let's see how he goes from here. He's back he's back to back to being better than everyone in FC. Okay. Well lovely. That's except cool. for Victor Martin. <laughs>
1: okay. His favourite hobby away from the sport is sleeping. Uh, If he could go back to any moment in time, he would go back to the early 90s when Estonia gained independence. I didn't know this, but apparently they made a chain of people holding hands from North Estonia to South Lithuania, approximately 1,000 kilometers long. Which seems just not very COVID safe, quite frankly.
0: Did did they do it for shits and giggles? To celebrate becoming an independent country. Oh, sorry. You cut out a little bit, so I missed the actual. There yeah, you go. there you go. Early nineties. There you go. Pretty cool. Um, if he yeah. wasn't a driver, was he even a fucking alive? The
1: yep. fuck sorry. did you say?
0: Yeah. If he wasn't a driver, I was going to say, was he even fucking alive for that? But no. I suppose it, it was just if you go right to any point in history. Yes. Yeah, that makes yes. Sense. At any point in history. That's, that's so false. That's, that's his moment. What a loser. What What would
1: you go back to? Any Any moment in history. Any moment in time. If you, you could pick one.
0: Probably the fall of the Roman Empire, ah. so I can laugh at them in person.
1: <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> you just t- we want to go um, back in time to talk shit on the Romans. Would you learn Latin to do so?
0: No, I'd learn whatever the fuck the Goths spoke. Ah, fair enough. So, I need to talk to the Romans. Uh, so you'd be I talking like, shit I about the Romans th-
1: behind their backs to the Goths?
0: Well, like yeah, I'd, I'd rather be able to communicate with the victorious Gothic tribes um, and Germanic tribes and that. And just because, like, pointing and laughing is a universal language. Yes. Yeah, but fair. being able to like congratulate and like talk about their magical victory, you need to be able to speak the language for that. So. Mm. Fair enough. Shout out to the
1: Vandals. Uh, good fellows, I've heard.
0: <laughs> Agreed. <laughs>
1: Agreed.
0: A lot of people speak or sleep on the Vandals. It's all like the Huns and the Goths, but like, huh. not enough. Not enough people are talking about the. Vandals. Not enough people are talking. Goat faction in Rome, total war. <laughs>
1: Okay, Uh, if he wasn't a driver, Yuri Vips, he thinks he would be quite useless, but also has an interest in the stock market, despite thinking it looks quite boring. He's a very confusing guy. He likes Quentin Tarantino movies, and apparently, this is, they always ask the drivers if they have a funny story that they could tell, and this was Vips' response. So apparently he puts his dirty laundry into a bin bag, you know, to be cleaned at some point, rather than just a washing basket. And yep. after Silverstone last year, he had left said bin bag full of his racing kit over the weekend in the middle of his lounge room. So naturally, when his girlfriend came over and saw the bin bag in the middle of his lounge room, she threw it out, thinking it was rubbish. And he ended up having to dig through the garbage to find his racing kit, because they only have one set of racing kit, apparently. They don't they don't have any backups. There you go. Took him an hour oh. digging through trash to find his racing kit, he reckons guy
0: i mean my question would be does he tie off the top of the trash bag because if i find a trash bag just loose on the floor that's not like tied up in that i'm probably at least gonna have it a glance inside just to make sure because that's a like i don't know maybe maybe considering he puts his um clothes in a bin bag Maybe he doesn't put his bin. He doesn't even have a bin, and he just leaves his bin bags wherever and fills them with trash. But like, <laughs>
1: that's what I was thinking. Like, normally, what's the, normally is the rubbish is not, in you know,
0: a, a bin liner checking. in a bin. But apparently, in a bin, and I quote: if a bin, if I see a bin bag lying around not in a bin, I will quite often assume maybe that's not full of rubbish. Maybe that's being used for an ulterior <clears> purpose, because as one Jacob Peralta once <sighs> told us. Stuff can be two things.
1: Stuff can be two things. That is a big wind-up for a Brooklyn Nine-Nine reference. Do you feel vindicated? (laughs) Yes, I do. No, and I quote, "Um, so there were some banana peels and bottles and stuff on top of it. So he's put his bag of dirty laundry in the middle of the lounge room and then just put the trash on top of the bin bag? With his dirty... Like, I'm very confused.
0: Well, I imagine it's been there for a few days or something, maybe. And so it's like, just rub it... It sounds like Yuri Vips lives like a little bit of a slob. <laughs> I'm trying to work it out. Yuri Vips is 20... Okay. So Yuri Vips is just a college student, except his college is the college of Formula 2. Yes. And he's looking to... Do... He's looking to graduate with a degree in a super licence and get a job at F1 <laughs> Incorporated. <laughs> Um, but he is, he is a college student. He has a super license. That is what, yeah, he, I'm sure, but yeah, he, you know, he's literally, he's a college <clears throat> student, like, he lives like a fucking grub. He lives on fucking cheesy garlic bread meat. <laughs> in, a, in a bin bag, his favourite food is Domino's cheesy garlic bread, and he thinks sleeping and liking Quentin Tarantino movies are a personality. <laughs> what a king.
1: <laughs> I thought so too. Yeah. But uh, yes, alas, he, uh, he drove FP1 for Red Bull. Good to see. In other news, Jack Doohan got his first Alpine test a couple of weeks ago in La Salle, alongside Oscar Piastri. So, good chance for those Ooh, two LaSalle. to catch up and talk about, you know, AFL and, and the uh, election. Shout out to Anthony Albanese! Labour victory! We are, for, for the American fans who listen here and don't know what I'm talking about, we have a new power in Australia, <laughs> a new leadership New government, and we're all very excited because, obviously, the new leader, the, the new Labour leader will not only solve climate change, but he will also solve the increasingly large wage gap and will probably head off World War Three before it even happens. So, that's the expectations I have on Anthony Albanese. Correct. Um, moving forward, Le Castellet has been added to the F2 calendar, bringing it back up to 14 stops this season. Yes, she will slot
0: yes. in F one
1: alongside the F one. F one isn't
0: replacing Russia, yes. but F two is. Yes, which which I, say, I suppose. The loss of a the loss of a race for F two a little bit more when your calendar's only fourteen races compared to twenty odd, twenty three yeah. races. You you don't want to you don't want to lose one if you can avoid it. Exactly. Um, I'm just trying to see whether that's... does that. Oh, so you just that'll be in between oh, Austria that and apply? Hungary. No, it doesn't apply to. Yes, which makes sense. That's a. Triple headed for the F2.
1: No, I, it's um, two weeks in a row for nice. France and Hungary. I think Austria is a couple of weeks beforehand.
0: Austria, are you sure? Oh, because Austria, well, that's the according to the, F, the F3, the F Austria is 8th to the 10th of July. Yeah. Budapest is the 29th to the 31st of July. No, oh, no, sorry, yeah. you're right. There will be a week. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Yep. There you yep, go. Yeah. There's a week in there. There, you, there go. you go. I was just like there's two. Well, there you go. There, there you go. go. We Racing. We race Formula One races on four out of the five weekends in July. That is crazy. Yeah. Because it's a back. It's a double header Silverstone in Austria. Yes. 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 And then it's a double header. France. Uh, no. Formula One doesn't. It'll be a double header. For F2, La Castellate, Budapest. I guess Formula 1 just has an extra weekend off. There you go. Good banter. And next
1: week Maybe. on We know. Break We're Down the Months up. of the Year, August! What turnups will it send us? We shall see. And our final, <laughs> our final bit of news... Oh,
0: these podcasts are so directionless sometimes. <laughs> tr-
1: our final bit of news here before we move on. Uh, Ralph Boschung had been having neck problems... Since Imola, allegedly. Yes. And after driving in free practice for Campos, apparently that pain fled up again. So he decided to pull out of the weekend's racing in Spain to focus on his health. Which is good. Yes. Health is important. Self-care. And he believes he'll be back ready to go for Monaco this weekend. Fingers crossed we get That'd to see good. him back. There would be no replacement in period, for In
0: theory whatsoever. it suits him. In, in, it does. It is a street circuit, and it's a street circuit where you cannot get overtaken when you inevitably run out of tyres. Exactly. Meaning that, logically, I'm just going to jump in. Ralph Boshong and Jake Hughes are going to have come first and second in at least one of the races. <laughs> because they are the two, well, Boshong and that, maybe that, but they are the two who cannot manage their tyres if they had a gun pointed to there.
1: Damn it, I was going to make the same goddamn joke, Matthew, you bastard. Well played. Well joked, very impressive. Now I think what'll happen for the rest of the season is Ralph Boschung will just have neck problems at every non-street circuit, so he'll only race the races where he's actually going to be good. That that's going to be the uh,
0: the nice, strategy. Nice. Keep him. up, keep up the ag- uh, the average finish. Exactly. That's, that's sensible. Uh,
1: but he was very good in Monaco last season, so I'm sure he'll succeed again there next weekend. But yeah, there'd be no replacement for Campos, so they would just be running with Oli Caldwell alone. Throughout Barcelona. And yeah. as we know, Ollie Caldwell is garbage, so that could not have ended well. But
0: that brings us to the end of hey, the news. He was, he was he was in the midfield at a couple of occasions this wow. weekend. Wow. Wow. Solidly in the midfield. Solidly in the midfield. The, the non points Giancarlo scoring midfield. Giancarlo Fisichella but, you know.
1: action just solidly in the midfield. <laughs> Psych Giancarlo Fisichella, Fisichella is scored points at a regular basis. Ollie Caldwell can't score points to save his goddamn life. His
0: physical is a multiple Grand Prix. That's just fucking
1: cool. (laughs) Would you like to talk about? You're you're everything
0: that is wrong with the sport of Formula One. If you've not been watching, Formula One should become like an entry-level job. If you do not have at least five years experience watching Formula One, you should not be allowed to start (laughs) watching Formula One. Okay, that's how. Okay so that there could be no you know, it's like you need 10 ever. you need you need 10 years you need 10 years experience for an entry level job <laughs> okay <clears throat>
1: all right matt before we dive into all of the f2 happenings and whatnots shall we have a little breakdown of the f3 weekend the f3 action
0: we sure can let's do it so once again a bit of a triple letter action f3 on this weekend i think for the first time this season in qualifying Pretty much all the heavy hitters, right up to the pointy end. Uh, Stanek took pole ahead of Victor Martins, Alex Smollier, Isaac Hadjar, Arthur Kler, Ollie Behrman, Kaio Collette in 7th, Carl Frederick 8th, and Jack Crawford, who is one of the heavy hitters, ninth. Correa, 10th, Vidalas, Zane Maloney would have been 12th, would have had reverse grid pole. But he missed the Weybridge in um the end at the end of qualifying which i feel like maybe the second time someone either someone else has done it or it's the second time maloney's done it this season but he would have had yeah he would have he was 12 and he would have started on this reverse the sprint race poll but uh. missed the weybridge and was to qualify from qualifying which would gift that spot to colopinto the only people a little bit further down gregoire saucy 14th which became 13th i guess maybe zacco sullivan down in 19th he's had a few strong results this season uh. Uh, that brought around the race, and just very quickly on Zane Maloney watch, he would drive all the way up to 21st, so he clearly had some pace in that car, so he will be left ruining that. Uh, notably, Victor Martins had a mechanical of some kind whilst running solidly in the points, and would DNF, which would hand a decent swing for the first race of the weekend in the favour of Arthur Leclerc. It was David Vidales who took the win uh, for Campos, ahead of Jack Crawford, getting a valuable podium for him as he obviously looks to mount yeah, a dude. title challenge. Correa third. Arthur Leclerc, yep. Yeah, I uh, was able to come up a couple of spots to finish fourth, just ahead of Juan Manuel Correa, who unfortunately couldn't convert an early, a good early start, which I think kind of in the lead very briefly, possibly, into... Um, a podium, Uh, then Smolia, Frederick, Stanek, importantly, in eighth, picking up some points, Ushijima, and Hadjar getting the last point in tenth, Uh, Saucy Beaman just missing out. This brought around the uh, feature race, and it was a Victor Martan's masterclass. He just completely had the run of it. Stanek was fairly comfortably second holding off Hadjar, so Martans. Stanek, Hadjar, that podium ahead of Smolia, Bam, and Jack Crawford with another good bundle of points. Notably, Leclerc, who obviously his whole gimmick in this tier of motorsport is that he can't qualify for shit, but he just pulls out brilliant races to find his way up into a good bag of points. Qualifying fifth for this weekend, probably the best I've ever seen him qualify. Oh, so I know he had a poll sometime last year, but the best he's qualified this season... Uh, all just went wrong. I can't remember exactly what, oh, but yeah. he'd been struggling for pace, and then I think he ended up having some contact with someone towards the end of this, and he would slip down. So to run through the rest of it, Kyle Kalevitt in 7th, Colopinto 8th, Frederick 9th, Juan Manuel Carrera 10th, Saucy oh, yeah. picking up, I think, a couple of points at 11th, and Will Alitalo, the last point. Zane Maloney would drive all the way from last to 13th. Oh Just outside the points. So, could have been, yeah, could have easily been around where he won the sprint race and finished fifth or sixth in the feature for Zane Maloney, but a silly mistake, which he's kind of said he rused massively, meant he walked away from this weekend with no points. Uh, Leclerc had finished 16th in this race, which was a big blow for his title campaign. What that has meant is Victor Martins has now uh, still leads the championship. He is on 62 points, and whilst he has ballooned away, from Arthur Leclerc, it is actually Roman Stanek who is starting Ooh, to... Um, that's your man, yeah? Uh, one, I mean, more so. Leclerc and Martins more so. I don't mind Stanek. But it's Leclerc, Martins and Smully. Ah, oh, that's right. Smully, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, Stanek, but yeah, so Stanek has 56 points. He's dropped three points to Martins this weekend, who outscored him 26 to 23. But Stanek has 23 points... Uh, sorry, 56 points in total all of which have come in the last two rounds. He didn't score a single point in Bahrain. So he is, yeah, easily mounting as the form driver of the last couple of weekends. And much much as we're seeing, I think Stanek has had a feature race win, feature race second, that is 46 of his 56 points. Victor Martins has had two feature race wins representing 41 of his 62 points. No, 51 of his 62 points. So, as we're seeing up in F2, it's the Sundays that matter. Uh, Jack Crawford is now third on 50. Oh, yeah. Isaac Hadjar fourth on 47. Arcel Leclerc now down to fifth on 43. And then it is a big jump back to Alex Smolia, who had his best weekend, but only with 17 points. He's not having a to that on 28. So, I would say very, very quickly, obviously still plenty of time. We've got six more rounds to come. So, a lot could change. But it looks like it's between Martin, Stanek, Crawford, Hadjar and Leclerc in this title fight. There just seems to be a bit of a gulf between those five, either in terms of the high-class talent of being able to pull off race wins of Martin, Stadek, potentially Leclerc, not that he's had one yet this season, and sort of just the lot of consistency of a Jack Crawford or an Isaac Hadjar, then, yeah, just, you know, just a gap down to, like, the likes of Smolia, Behrman, Colapinto. Um, Kaya Collette's off to a shocking start to his campaign. Gregoire Gregoire Saucy seems really promising, but has all of one third-place finish. No, one fourth-place finish. No, third-place, yeah. He's had one podium in the first feature race in Jeddah, hasn't scored points any of the other races. Zane Maloney could obviously be a lot higher up than 14th on 15 points, but kind of memed his weekend. But yeah, that's where we stand. Big fight between Martin, Stanek, Crawford, Hadjar, and Leclerc. On to so F two The tiers now, are yes. kind of
1: you know developing and showing themselves of like who's contending, who's in the mid, who's kind of
0: yeah. Those are the those are the five. And considering that Martins and Leclerc are in their second years, in this uh, I think Craw- Crawford is too. Static is in his second or third. I believe Hodge is in his second as well. Those are the five. I'd almost guarantee all five because Hadjar and Crawford are Red Bull Academy. Yep. I think there's a few of that. Like I'd be surprised if Vips is in F2 for a third year after this season. Lawson will have to wait and see. Deruva won't be around for year th- year four, I don't think. So like, there will be Red Bull seats available. So Crawford, Hadja, lock them in. Martens is an Alpine academy, lock that in. Uh, I doubt Leclerc will go for a third year in F- F3. I expect him to get a chance in F2. He's a Leclerc yes. and he's for our academy. So those for that. And Stanek, if Stanek is, wins this title, he'll be there too. So yeah, I think those are the five will definitely be up and then like an Awasa or that there'll probably be a couple more that are plucked from the obscurity of the mid pack, and I'm sitting here going like, Oh, I just don't quite understand. How why are they there? And then they'll do like crazy shit in the first weekend and I'll be like, Oh, okay, they're actually good. But yeah, that's our title fight. Um F two qualifying?
1: FC qualifying, yes, but real quick, uh, Jack Crawford, he's only 17 years old, he is a very talented young lad, and Red Bull, their future is bright, very, very
0: bright. Absolutely, no, I'm not a a big fan in the just, like, genuinely, just not someone I've gravitated to in terms of supporting, but yes, and what I I am seeing, he has a lot to offer. Indeed, indeed. He's very, very promising. Yeah,
1: fucking Formula 2, qualifying. We had uh, a bit of this happening, a bit of Jack Doohan action,
0: huh? Huh? Yeah, once again, Jack Doohan, the one-lap wonder, claiming yet another first pole, maybe second pole. Uh, Certainly multiple front-row stars now. So Jack Doohan on pole. Uh, Yuri Vips, the notable one was in the sort of early mid-runs. Frederick Vesti suddenly chucked it up there, because we've been on Vesti's case, because he's needed to lift. And all of a sudden, he chucked it up into P2, barely behind Doohan. Uh, Vips would sneak in right at the end and pinch P2, not dropping Vesti down to P3, but that is brilliant for Frederick Vesti. This is the talent that we know is in this somewhere, and he's needed to show it, and boy, oh boy, did he turn up and produce it this weekend. He did, dude. Uh, Deruva would take P4, Logan Sargent P5, Owasa, Porsche, Hughes, another solid qualifying, Kalen Williams would be ninth, Drogovic 10th, We'll circle back to that in a second, because that was very notable. Uh, fittipaldi act disappointing from Armstrong, disappointing from Hauger in 14th. Cordiel incredibly disappointing for Liam Lawson in 16th. Out-qualified by the worst driver on the grid, Amari Cordiel. Oof. Um, yes. Not, a, not, he not went what out want. first. Uh, Nassani, he, he was Cordwell. the first
1: driver to set a lap time, and was just kind of just got done. <laughs> just got done, 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 done. He yep. was not very good at all.
0: Uh, yeah, Nassani called well, Sato Vishore would also be very disappointed with that, and chem bullock Basi Indeed. Uh, doing, so yeah, but the important thing was that... as well.
1: So this is his second poll.
0: Yes. And he had the front... Yes, and they had the front-row start in Abu Dhabi last year, alongside yeah. Yastri. Yeah, the notable thing, Felipe I think I can't think who it was... Well, I'll call it vips, but I have no idea. He impeded someone derivola. during qualifying, which gave him a three-place deriva. Three-place grid penalty, which would mean he would start the... And the way that works is actually three places for the sprint race. So qualifying 10th, he would have been on to start for pole, but instead had to start from, I think, fourth, maybe third. No, yeah, sorry. He started, had to start from fourth. So that would give Kalen Williams pole. <laughs> Not for love. On to <laughs> the sprint reference. Not for long, Actually, baby. Hold on, hold up, sorry. Obscure obscure reference. You have you have seen horrible histories. Right? Oh
1: god, not for a very, 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 very Where, long time.
0: Oh, but if I was to say for you that that would give Kayla Williams poll But not for long I don't know whether
1: you're <laughs> not. Not really, that, but I thought the presentation too, you provided there, the um the energy you brought was very good regardless. That was impressive.
0: Probably probably horrible histories best of their consistent skits was the uh, news reporter dude. Fair enough.
1: It's always the a news room. reporter. You yeah, know, high that. in the sky, over on Madison.
0: But yes, uh, sprint race, Jashan, take it away.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Uh, but Yuri Vips, by the way, are only two hundredths of a second behind Jack doing for pole. there. It was very
0: tight. Oh, it was very, it was very tight Oh, she was, was yeah, Good qualifying session.
1: Tighter than an otter's pocket. But now we go to the sprint... And very quickly, uh, in a sprint-like fashion, Callan Williams decided he would take his opportunity, his moment to shine from pole, and he would completely fuck it up before it even started. Stalling on the formation lap, Matthew.
0: Stalling! I will say the one thing, not 100%, because it did take the team a little while to get that car refired. True. We just got it refired in time for that, so I'm not... We're not 100% certain that it was definitely just a driver error and it wasn't something more car mechanical related. Yeah, but the way he reacted, to be the way he reacted in
1: the moment by also, instantly putting his hands on his head like, oh, for fuck's sake, Callan, you fucking, like,
0: that Yeah, but I'd, say, like, I'd argue you do, you'd do that even if the car had that because, you know, he's had good pace all year. Like, that's a chance for him to win a race. Even if it was the car, you'd fucking oh, yeah. straight away. But yeah, you do make a good point. Yes, I it's hard to say, but yeah. Not, not, I regardless, very not ideal. <laughs> not for ideal for Callan Williams.
1: But that would essentially give Jake Hughes pole on his hunt for his first ever win in F2. Um, alas, wheel spin would be Hughes' downfall as the man would cede the lead to Felipe Drugovic very, very quickly on the first lap there and drop down into fourth. Your opening lap, all the movers and shakers, you'd see Drogovic, Awasa and Sargent. Sargent, by the mm. way had, I think, posted some really quick times in free practice and was talking a very confident game all weekend. Uh, leading into Barcelona, he felt that he had kind of reached a certain level of comfortability with the car and that he was going to impress impress us a bit more than he had done so far. And that would, I think, come to pass over the course of the weekend. Logan Sargent put in some good performances, but those three guys would gain three spots each to be running 1, 2, 3 on the grid. Thierry Porsche in 4th. Hughes having dropped 3 positions there in P5. Vesti having gained 2 in P6. Jahan P7. Vips and Duan in ninth. Sorry. 8th and 9th. And then Armstrong having gained 3 spots himself sitting there in P10 after the first lap. Uh, so yeah. Nothing like... you know, Nothing crazy. Not like a kind of Jetta opening lap where just ridiculous shit is going on. But enough... Enough points of interest to keep the viewers glued to their seats. The next five laps or so were marked with Roy Nassani. I'm not actually sure what happened to him, but he either cucked it or got cucked into last place there, so he was out of the way, so actually talented drivers could that get me. down to business.
0: I didn't even notice that. you yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: poor boy. Teo Porcher was sliding down the order in a very un-Teo Porcher-like fashion, and you had Yehan and Yuri Vips both kind of working their way up the grid, making a few moves, putting in some work. Those two drivers, Daruvula and Yuri, would uh, have a bit of a back-and-forth there. I think it was about lap six. A bit of a back-and-forth. Yes. Uh, Daruvula would come out on top, and the end result was Yuri Vips spin out for the second weekend running. He lost the rear... And pretty much just completely fucked it. And his engineer came over the radio with a scathing message. This was cold. He said, and I quote, We have a race to do tomorrow, but honestly, that was a joke. Brutal.
0: Should you actually say
1: that? (laughs) (laughs) Yup.
0: Brutal. I mean, he's not wrong. No, that was a bad spin. I don't think you should be saying that over the radio. (laughs) That should be for the debrief afterwards, yeah. and it kind of has me like, are the team fed up with Yuri Vips? Has he got a bad attitude or something that's bringing them to say things like that? I mean, he eats cheesy garlic bread. He can't have a bad attitude. There's no way. Maybe he doesn't brush his teeth after he eats it. I <laughs> mean, that's the issue.
1: That's a good point.
0: It's a good point. It's I I don't. I honestly, I don't actually want to be too critical of him. But we saw. Two of the very best in the business, arguably the best in the business, um, have similar spins at the exact same spot in the Formula One Grand Prix. Both Sainz and Verstappen would lose the rear of their cars um, through that particular, what's it turn, turn four at um, sorry, the first hairpin, turn four. But it is that's two straight feature eight or tell you two straight waist weekends that Yuri Vips has spun off unassisted, cost himself massive points, and we'll get to it in a minute, but with the way his luck also would go in a feature race, he is very quickly running in the opposite direction of being in the title fight.
1: Especially when certain Uh, other contenders are positively rocketing (laughs) up the driver standings.
0: And just collecting points. I would say with... Not necessarily the well uh, I mean Owasa's showing flash with some of the other Red Bull guys that are around, Owasa's showing good flashes. Uh. He's not really set the world on fire this season, but I do think Liam Lawson has more a higher a higher ceiling. So if you're gonna take a fly on anyone, I think you'd take a fly on Lawson more than Vips. Probably not that. But with like the likes of Hadjar and Crawford not all that far off below him down in um, F3 in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Vips needs to figure it out quickly. Otherwise, I think his days are numbered in terms of making it to the top of the sport, particularly as a Red Bull driver. Yes. Might have to start thinking about that Stock Martin game.
1: <coughs> Who knows? A pivot could Stons. be in hand. But yeah, it's it's been weird with the Red Bull drivers. A lot of them have shown flashes. I think, you know, Lawson got out the gates very quickly, but he's slowed down. Similarly, Vips... You know, pretty much the exact same. Owasa has shown moments, but I think he needs more time. And Deruvela has been kind of classically inconsistent. So it's it's a very it's, it's
0: a strange group. Oh, I well, wouldn't, I wouldn't call them too inconsistent. This we'll get to it in a minute. But this was the first weekend he hasn't scored a podium. Yeah. Soon. Oh, yeah, that's a fair point. He's been he's been consistently just above mediocre. That's fair. That's
1: fair. That is very very fair. Like I'd
0: argue, I'd argue Deruvela has the highest floor of them all. You know what you're going to get with the roof? But also probably the lowest ceiling. He's yes, he's just not going to take you very far, but like, you know. Indeed.
1: Well, moving on from the VIP spin, the next 15 laps or so were pretty uneventful, bar some movers and shakers amongst the backmarkers. And you saw Fittipaldi sneak into P9 and Liam Lawson sneak into P10. Now, I think around lap 20, we saw uh, Jehan Daruvula or... If you what was the other what was the name of the um second
0: commentator this weekend? It was Jordan something. Jordan King. Jordan King. MP Motorsport Driver. Right. A couple of the others, but I know he, he drove for MP in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think I've used him in uh one of those F1
1: games, maybe. No?
0: Maybe. Yes. Hmm, who knows? But
1: according to him, uh Yehan Daruvala would finally overtake JQs for P4. At this point it came it became pretty clear. This is where my joke was going to be, but I'll just uh, I'll just leave it out. He was out of tyres. He was the spiritual replacement for Alf on this weekend because he had completely run out of tyres, and he would eventually retire from the race. I think lap twenty five or twenty
0: six. I think yeah, I think it's something that VAR because obviously I think the difference, obviously Hughes is going very well in qualifying. Cadil's not really doing anything, but I think this is a classic case of a bad team. They've got one driver who does have talent. And one who was just there, and I assume bring in some finances, and that's Kudil. Yeah, What we're seeing is Hughes, that, like, that car is solid. They've obviously got a good one lap. They've got a setup that that car is quick. Hughes is often able to qualify at that. He can hang up there at the start of races. Yep. But, yeah, the setup the, the setups that they're putting on the, that car week in and week out, quick. But they're just, they're so hard on the tires. Yep. From what I can tell, or it's Hughes' driving style. It is just so harsh on the tyres, and they haven't found out a way to mitigate that because it does really feel like every week you get towards the end of the race, similar to Boschong, and tracks where deg is really bad and that, or where it's hot, like Spain, in that it's that. Yes. Tracks where it's not quite as bad, they can maybe just hang on. But yeah, like tracks like Spain, where it's just hot and that deg is high and they're just. Yeah, it was a hot day yeah, as like well. Like Hughes, Hughes, Hughes might as well have been degrees. driving in reverse, and he probably wouldn't have gone backwards any quicker. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a hot day in Barcelona. Track temp at 43 degrees Celsius. She Ooh. was a steamer. So, yeah, Ty dead was always going to you know, play a role. It was always going to be a factor, and Jake Hughes was a victim of that. But basically, you saw, you know, all these guys thus inheriting a position moving up. A your Porches, your drovelers I've already mentioned, etc, etc. And then you had a bit of a scuffle for that last point-scoring position in P8, which would eventually fall to Enzo Fittipalli, who just beat out Liam Lawson for that position. Uh, you had Clement Novelak, uh getting a little bit too aggressive and spinning out um, around that P11, P12 mark. And yeah, eventually, Felipe Drogovic would just kind of cruise to victory, having not been challenged at all the entire race he dropped in a grazie grazie oh yes boys which was nice to hear and made an f2 podiums for Ayumi wasa and logan Sargent, who similarly looked pretty comfortable all race long and, and didn't really come under any scrutiny any challenge so
0: you know, a bit of
1: a cruisy sprint race and um, good to see awasa and Sargent up there very, um, I'm, I'm a big Owasa guy, as you know, so that made my heart sing, and it was nice to see Logan Sargent deliver on the promise that he's kind of you know shown us in the past. Yeah, Deroevla, P4, Teo Pusher, P5, Jackie Doohan sneaking in there, P6 getting some handy points for Virtuosi Racing, Freddie Vesti, I think those were his first points on the season, but he came 7th, is this the right one? Nope. Yeah, he got yes. eight
0: points in yes. um, the feature race in M L R, but good yes. point. Uh, First time he points in the sprint
1: race. Eight. Uh, Lawson and Armstrong running it, rounding out the top ten. Were there any big moments from the sprint race that I have missed that you want to talk about there, Matthew? Or are we good?
0: Not yeah, not really. It was just the the Vips Vips spinning from another a solid position once again, and yeah, yeah. The only real other things is yeah, Hughes going backwards. Oh, I will say, just because I think it was the move of the weekend, Deruvala put a really nice move on Teo Air around the outside yes. of the main hairpin at the end of the back straight, which sort of you know held it around the outside, which then gave him the inside up into the next corner. That was nice. Uh, made that stick. And I think, considering almost every other overtake I saw for the weekend was either someone having made a mistake or having tyres really going off so they could easily get by, or just... End of the main straight into turn one. Yeah. End of the main straight into turn one. That was one of the, that was a rare move. Not at the end of the front straight. And it wasn't even just to put it up the inside. It was who went the long way around, held it wheel to wheel, and yeah, it got by. Great move.
1: Yeah, Deruval is good for a tasty overtake every now and then. Yeah. Uh, I think there was a move in the feature oh. race by Callan Williams on Uri Vips that might have taken the move for the weekend for me. But yeah, that was a good shout, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of the feature race, shall we jump on forwards? And would you like to take it away, good sir?
0: I sure can. So obviously, front row was doing doing in Vips with p three. Vesty would get uh, so doing to get a good enough start. Vesty would get a probably the best start of the top three. He would quickly jump Vips and slot into P two. Uh, Dragovic, notably, also a very solid start. He would quickly jump up from P10 to P7. It would all sort of just settle in. Nothing too crazy in terms of positional shake up certainly not for anyone who is highly relevant. Uh, at this stage, Derivola from P4 was the highest-placed man who had opted with the alternate strategy, which, a little bit of foreshadowing would have actually been setting him up quite nicely because the alternative strategy worked pretty good this weekend. Oh, no, 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 Matthew, Matthew. In it did was... work pretty
1: good. It worked pretty darn fucking well, mate. It worked pretty darn
0: fucking that's, well. That's fair. It was the move. Um, But in what was possibly one of the single greatest pieces of commentary in the history of the universe, Jordan King is literally in the middle of saying you know, Derivola's P4, he's on the hard time. It's like this is, you know, he's he looking like he could be in a pretty good position for this race. As it cuts to a stationary car <laughs> in a Red Bull livery and there's about a couple of second pause and then Alex Jax goes, oh, no, he's not. That's Jan and And yeah, Derivola, some kind of mechanical, just came to a stop. Uh, just shy of the back chicane. <laughs> um, yeah, just really unfortunate because we'll get to it in a little bit. But yeah, that alternate strategy worked really, really well. And he was the leader of that strategy. So, yeah, and he was comfortable, like, he was, like, comfortably ahead of anyone else who was running it. I I think there's a compelling case to be made that if Durula doesn't have the mechanical, Durula wins this race and he possibly wins it easily. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, no fault of his own, but that is one that has massively gone amiss, and it was also incredibly unfortunate for Ryuma Owasa because he basically he was coming out of turn five, and the car just died on him. And Owasa was close enough up behind him. The Deruvela just didn't accelerate out of the corner, and Owasa, just not expecting it, could not change line and pull around him in time. clipped the clipped the left rear with the front of his sorry the right rear at the front of his car. Broke his front wing, had to come in, and this was also still short of the mandatory pit window, which meant OAS had to come in and change his wing, but it didn't count as his mandatory pit stop. So he went right down to the back and still had to pit again after that. And his race, in terms of being relevant, are uh, all over. We then rolled through into pit stops. Uh, Yuri Vips, one of the first soft runners to come in and pit, I think he was the first, and having he came in lap eight. Yes, and I think he, you're right. Yes, he came in 12. literally when it opened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, having literally having done it to himself in terms of costing himself vital points yesterday. This time the feature race, n- not his fault. Just yeah, unfortunate. I'm not sure exactly what the issue was, but it was a really, really slow pit stop. He was probably yep. what like the front
1: left. They fucked up the front or, left.
0: Four or five spots ahead of Hughes coming into the pits. And he came out either directly behind him or just in front of him. So he must have lost four or five seconds. And that would I don't just from what I could tell for the rest of the race, that buried him far enough back in the pack. Yeah. He was just never able to go forward. Everyone else was, yeah, just. Couldn't couldn't go forward, and I suppose by the time some other people came out around him and that, that all cycled through, the guys who were cycling around him and that were towards the very end were the guys who were coming out having run the alternate and were on much better tyres, and they yes. would just having to come back past him. Uh, he just couldn't go forward. Also, because he came that in that
1: so early, just you know, the other guys who would come in a bit later mm-hmm. had slightly fresher tyres. Better tyres, anyway, yeah. So
0: foolish. However, one thing we did see, so yeah, as you said, I think doing the likes of doing investing that came in around that left 12, 12 point, but that just left Drugovich out there going for sort of the overcut. He opted to he obviously he was managing the tires well enough, which we've seen from him before. Mm. He is certainly someone um, races, yeah, loves the hard tire particularly. not that, but yeah, he gets incredible life on a hard tire. Uh, usually, Drugovich is so good on them, but uh. Yeah, so he opted to run long, and what that meant, he was making good time. He was actually pulling a little bit of time, I think, still on those old softs than what Duan and Vesti were doing on the new hards, which meant he was closer to them when he came in after he'd made his pit stop than before they had pitted. And it also meant he had six laps fresher tires at the end after they'd all pitted which would mean that pretty much within two laps, he, or like a lap or two, yeah, of him coming out of the pit stops, he already made up the ground and fired past Vesti. Took a little bit longer, worked his way up over the next seven or so laps to get to do it, but once he got there, got by quite easily uh, and took the race lead and just... Cleared off and never looked back.
1: Oh, he was in cruise control. It's worth noting oh. that Drogovic, like yeah. he had a he had a great opening lap. Um, as I think he's he's been wont to do so far this season. He makes some good strides there. Yeah. And it, yeah, he was yeah, he was in cruise control. He was he was just relaxed up front. No one troubled him yet again.
0: Yeah.
1: Also um
0: William yeah. Wilson
1: gained seven yep. positions on the opening lap. Just wanted to shout that out. Good stuff.
0: Okay, that should be that is that is noteworthy. Oh yeah. Yeah, around this time, obviously, we'd also had Novelak, Fittipaldi, and Armstrong, who either were the only or certainly the three relevant alternative strategy runners had all come in and made their stop. And this is where the race would get quite fun, simply because we had the good old joy of Formula 2, back end of a race, alternate runners on soft tyres, carving their way through the field. Novelak just started making moves left, right, and centre, quickly getting by... I think who are some of the people that were up on the agenda? I think uh, he made kind of like he worked his way past the likes of Callan Williams, Liam Lawson, and he would finally also get past Terra Porsche. That one was quite nice because at that point in time, Terra Porsche was running fifth. Novelak fifth so fifth on the hard tire. Novelak was sixth on the soft.
1: Mm.
0: Lawson was seventh on the hard tire. Yes. Fittipaldi was 8th on the soft and I think it was either Williams or Hughes was ninth on the hard tyre and uh, Armstrong was 10th on the yeah. soft and we had the rare triple overtake the triple O's down O's the eight. front straight as all three <laughs> soft tyre movers made the pass pretty much simultaneously it was synchronized overtaking it was very aesthetically pleasing bit of party with then also, and if Armstrong would follow through and make the moves on Lawson and poor Cher, Hughes would very much fall away, uh, as he's want to do, as would unfortunately Calendar Williams. And then let me just get back to my notes, not too much after that. Drogovic, yeah, just complete, dominant, and easy win. Uh, yeah, Joe Dragovic winning the feature ahead of Jack Dew and Fred Vestey. A really good fourth place for Sargent to back up his maiden podium from the Saturday. Yep. Novelak, Party, and Armstrong working at home from all three of them, starting outside the top 10 to solid 5th, 6th, and 7th place finishes on those uh, alternate strategies. Porsche, 8th, Lawson, ninth. Nassani sneaking past Williams, unfortunately, to get that last point. Williams, 11th. Yeah, Owasa could only recover to 12th. Hauga, miserable weekend, 13th. Yep. Cordwell, Cordial, Hughes just fell away massively at the end. Uh, Vipson, 17th for sure. Sato and Bullock Barsi. Bullock Barsi! Uh, doing this, in doing this, first man to do the double this year. First man, no, not the first man. Second man to win two feature races, joining. Hey Porsche, a big difference is unlike Porsche, who has almost has scored fifty of his sixty points purely from the feature races. Drogovic has scored points at least a point in every single race this season. A picture of consistency. Whereas everyone else has. Yeah, well Derival is the next closest, who has six of the twelve six of the eight races he scored points. Oh wow, I did not know Same that. Same myself, but yeah, everyone else has at least a couple without that. And yeah, what it has meant, if you're happy for me to do the championship pitch and then we can discuss some of the bigger oh, weekend stories. Yeah, Please
1: do dive in, young man.
0: Uh so yeah, Dragovich, oh I mean very early data. A lot could change. But already with the that so he's won, uh, double this weekend, he's won two of the last three feature races, points in every single race. Drogovic now has a 26-point lead over Teo pusher 86 points to Porsche's 60. He is starting to suddenly, from a week ago, and there was snap, but we are still saying it feels like anyone in these top eight or so spots could, you know, be a real threat in this championship. All of a sudden, it's almost starting to feel... But I didn't feel like Drogovic is to lose. Oh, Twenty six point leader. Agree. Absolutely
1: agree. Like coming Another 19 real quick, points coming back, into yeah. this weekend it was absolutely it was a wide open championship. You could have picked any four or five, six guys to be the you know, your favourite. After this weekend it's one hundred percent Drogovic is to lose. And MPs to lose in the yeah. in the uh constructed yeah i
0: think obviously long way to go if dragovic doesn't win it i would not be remotely surprised so much can change so quickly in formula 2 that's the beauty of it and we still have 10 of the 14 rounds to go like dragovic could just Mm -hmm. not score points for the rest of the season it's entirely possible like but if he is successful in this title campaign i think this will be the weekend we Will look back, and I also have them. There's been similar spots. If I went back and worked through the results, I could tell you when that weekend was that you were just like, Okay, this is the point that Schumacher arrived and it just became his championship for the rest of the year. Arguably poised Piastri's so was from the start, but I mean, you could, hear to me, you could, as we said, you could almost pinpoint that time, the one self inflicted mistake Piastri made last season in the second race of the season in what, Sakia. When he pushed too hard for an overtake and spun out and cost himself points. And from that point on, he basically did not not score a point every single... And that was almost the point where you're like, all right, no, I, I'm championship. I'm here for the championship. I'm going to stop doing silly things. Yeah. Just going to... And then he just... Yeah. So this could be the moment we look back on for Dragovic where he just... Because this was such a masterclass. Obviously, the sprint race wasn't too hot. But doing the sprint and feature double... Is so tough because inherently, to be in a position to win the sprint race, it means you have to be you have to have overcome a bit of an uh, an uphill battle to win the feature. Yeah, we started P10 because, yeah, exactly. P10 to
1: the dub is is no, you know, nothing to and, he, to and not
0: there. and doing it without even running the alternate strata. Like, it's not like we don't see this and that. Schwartzman won a brilliant race. So it's, I, I bring it up a lot, but it's still one of the craziest drives I've ever seen. When Schwartzman won in Budapest from P12 on the grid. Man, what and is like Robert Schwartzman by like...
1: up to these days? Robert Schwartz ah ah, ah, ah! Wait, wait, Matt, Matt, Matt! Robert Schwartzman now officially an Israeli racing driver. Smart man, smart man, very clever. Oh, nice! Yeah,
0: nice. That's that's crazy. I'd like to know. Just how much Israeli is in Robert Swartz? He is That'd born there. Oh, okay. He's born there. Fair enough. Yeah. He's born I mean, I'll, I'll cop that. Yeah. I'll cop that. I know a few things about that. Uh, formerly Russian cyclist Pavel Sivikov is now racing under a French license, but he is had a, I think he has a French mother, speaks oh. fluent French, has lived there for a lot, and had honestly been considering it anyway. And then when they're like, well, Russians aren't going to be out of the race, he's like, all right, might as well finally just. Change that license to be French now. Yeah, fair enough. Um, But, yeah, the US Swartzman is now Israeli. Nice. Uh, But, yeah, so, Drogovic on 86, Porsche on 60, 19 more points back to Daruvala, who, as you said, has been underwhelming, but he's P3 in the championship. 41 points. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's Liam Lawson... D- d- ah, d- d- oh, it's weird. I know. I mean, that's the thing. Everyone else, like, it's literally... Porsche has won two feature races. That's why he has so many points. As I said, 50 of his 60 points from two races. Yeah. Deruvela had had two sprint race podiums and a feature race podium, so three podiums in the first three rounds or of so like That everyone else has just had either low, lots of low scoring finishes or a few highs, but a lot of lows, because it's literally. Apart, from Djokovic who has scored points in every single race. So Liam Lawson is fourth on thirty-seven. He has scored three points in the last five races since winning the sprint race huh. in Jeddah. Yeah. Marcus Armstrong yeah, has only ever insane. scored points in one race. Um, in yeah, on one race of each season of each weekend, he is on thirty-six and fifth. Also on thirty-six is Logan Sargent with easily his best weekend, eighteen points for this. Beshore, who obviously won the first race of the year and had a decent, had nice 32 points at the end of Jeddah, has not scored in four straight races now. He is seventh on 32. Ralph Boshong, who missed this weekend, is still eighth on 32. Yuri Vips, no points at all this weekend to be ninth on 30. Jack Dewan, who we were saying was starting to be in real danger, and needs to get a hurry up with only three points across the sorry six points across the first three rounds. Scored 24 points this weekend. He has vaulted up to 10th in the championship. Yep. And is in 30 points. And if this is the turning point for him, he's got it figured out. He's going to stop with the silly mistakes and bad luck and that. Expect Dewan to rise up through the ranks. Owasa's just ticking along solidly, 11th and twenty-eight. Fidipowdy is up to 12th, 27 points. This has let Vesti up to 13th and 25 points. Novelak has 22. All of these guys, Novelak, Vesti, Fidipowdy, Owasa, doing who had done fuck all to start the season... Are now ahead of Dennis Hauger, who's only scored points in <laughs> two of the eight races this season to have 14 points, oh which is the same as Roy Nassani and Jake Hughes. Hey, Jake Hughes is Despite a the fact he's showing real flashes of pace, Callan Williams only has five points, all up. And Beckman, with those, there last round has four points. Sato has one. Caldwell, Cordell, and Bullock-Bashi yet to Bullock-Bashi! score. Yes, yeah. Suddenly, yeah. Suddenly it feels like the championship picture is Drogovic and Porsche. Cause no one else is really yeah. like I I know uh, this is massive recency bias, but if you honestly coming out of this weekend, just how the feel of the weekend was and how I've felt like I've seen things and that the last few of that, if you wanted to ask me to grade the championship contenders right now, Drogovic A plus plus plus. Like he is a ten out of ten. Championship favourite. Oh, yeah. He is looking so good. He is slowly vindicating my call for him to win the title. Last season, I was just a year too early. Yeah. He's clearly just a better driver than an MP. If he gets a call... Up, so honestly, MP should make a Formula 1 team. Put him in it, and he will win the championship. <laughs> for Cher, I'd put it about a 7 out of 10. And then, honestly, right now, if you ask me right now, the only other driver on the grid who I feel like is any chance at the championship... Is Jack doing? Because he's got the he He's got the momentum from this week. I I know. And I know that. But that's more like what about how Law felt on the others, and that I stepped too far. I think Sergeant could rise up and could be close, but I just I, he's just not got the ceiling right now. I don't think.
1: Not the ceiling. And him. that's what's coming down. I think down to, a better like, weekend than doing, doing overall. Well,
0: better racing I'd, than doing anyway. Doing. Mate, Dewan got twenty-four points, Sergeant got eighteen, Duean had polling. What universe did Sgt. have a better but weekend? But Sergeant
1: came third and fourth, Duan came sixth and second.
0: Yeah, but okay, I sec yeah, which is a better weekend. He came second in the big race and did what he had to do. You gotta remember, Dewan started outside the points in the sprint race and moved forward four spots to get that six and three points. That's a great result. That's what we were applauding Piastri for doing last season. Nothing silly in the sprint race. Just gain a couple of spots, get your couple of points, nail but it if on we're, Sunday If in we're, the if we're race. tipping
1: these guys based on optic and form, then Sergeant should be in the conversation as well. Because I think.
0: Oh, he would he at be. Least but the had thing is. a weekend
1: to Duan in terms of just. My, my point, my point
0: being, I can see over. Because I'm not just coming out. So duan has got the momentum from this weekend. He got took pole. He drove. He did nothing wrong. It was just drugovich yeah. was at a different level, and that. So you could look a great P2. If I'm on it, that's the thing. I know that, but like, Duan has been better pace-wise than the six points he had. He's had a lot of oh, pace absolutely. this season. Just things have gone wrong, and so it's a double thing. So I'm like, if this is that, because I just, if I'm looking at everyone else. Lawson, I know, has the upside, but he's start, he's just looked lost the last couple of months. Vips cannot keep the car on the track. <laughs> Armstrong Armstrong and, Law, Armstrong and Lawson, sorry, Armstrong and Sargent, very much fit in that category. I think they'll keep scoring bundles of points, but I, they're just not going to get enough race wins because they're just not quite at that... Like you, you have to be capable of winning a feature race to win this championship, mm. and I just don't think Armstrong and Sargent can do that. They're not quite at that level right now that they can be the person who comes out on top on Sunday. And so they'll score lots of points. I reckon at least one of them is going to finish top five in this championship. But there's a big difference between being able to finish top five and being able to win the championship. For sure, not a chance. Boshong, similar sort of spot to Armstrong and Sargent, like that. Said Vips is looking lost. And then, yeah, in terms of other people, I thought, man, that. Halgar. Not a hope in hell. we will need a massive turnaround. And yeah, I don't think there's anyone else in here that would really scream at you, a championship contender. So like, I it's think, not I, so think much that I necessarily... think Lawson's
1: only bad session this weekend was qualifying. He raced, he, he drove a good sprint, he drove a good feature. Oh yeah,
0: but he's he's sort of... I know, but like... That was such a poor... You know, you can't afford... And there's been a couple of times this season now, I think, where Lawson has underqualified a little bit. And that's fine. Yeah, you can make you can that can, argument,
1: but there's also been a can, couple times can, this season where doing has made a really stupid mistake. So like people will fuck up oh, at times. I just think this oh Duane yeah, was I, good this weekend, whereas Lawson was good in the first weekend. They both had their weekends.
0: Oh no, no, no doubt. But as I said, it feels like the momentum. And if I was to grade the, di- yeah, okay. But my my point is more so like the difference. The different, yeah. The difference in the weekends where Lawson has really, really struggled and doings to me is the doing weekends. Like Sakiri took pole, and I cannot remember at this point. I cannot yeah, he remember fucked what it from wrong, pole. Like, that's
1: that's arguably oh, yeah, worse no, 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 than no, no, qualifying poorly and then I, fighting see, back
0: but my, from sixteenth No, but see, that's the thing. I would, I would, I would rather that because I'm like, in theory, I think there's a better chance of overcoming making mistakes and get, I will definitely getting caught in unfortunate incidents like the Tango with Sergeant in Jeddah, but yeah, a better chance of overcoming things such as making mistakes when you're in strong positions in the race and stuff like that. Like I'd argue, I'd still say Vips I like is a better chance than Lawson. Cause I think it's easier to overcome something like being in a strong position and doing something stupid and spinning out in the race when you should have scored a bundle of points being a little bit off the pace in qualifying, and this isn't the first time this season that looks and has looked a little bit off the pace in qualifying, that's a much, much harder bridge to overcome because if that is much more like let's see, like in theory, if you're any good I know that's it yeah, I'm backing Duan and I back Vips, they're not gonna keep making mistakes all season. And if they stop doing those mistakes, they've looked like the two fastest drivers, mm. they will start scoring a bunch of points. Lawson has Lawson drives really well on race days and that, but the qualifying isn't there, which kind of caps how, just how well he can do. Because if you can't qualify in the top 10, you're going to struggle to finish any higher than 5th. Well, fifth, he qualified 5th in Secure, and, and he
1: qualified 6th in Saudi Arabia.
0: Oh, no, I know he did the first two weekends. I'm just saying it's the last two weekends, and maybe it's just that, but, you know... Just right now, yeah. What I've seen, Lawson's just not inspired me a lot. The last two race weekends, it's the same. It's the same sort of thing for me for Dennis Hauger, and obviously that's the thing. Dennis Hauger's not showing Lawson's ability to come back through nah. the field. But the biggest reason I'm caught on Hauger is he just looks lost on Fridays. Hauger's not going to score any fucking points because he keeps qualifying miserably.
1: Yeah, Hauger's been so. has been bad. Shall we go into winners and losers because Hauger will come up in my um
0: in my chat here. Winners? Oh,
1: 100%. 100%. Oh, what a weekend. What a superb weekend. Truly.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we do because we've touched on my only real weekend talking about which was the end of Daruvula's podium streak and just how fucking dominant Dragovich was. So yeah, winners and losers.
1: You are a
0: winner. You are a loser.
1: Alrighty, winners and losers. This is basically where we take a look at the weekend. We pick who is, you know, it's pretty fucking obvious. It's kind of just what it says on the gin. So let's just get stuck in, I guess. Not really going to explain it. My first winner, the also Rants. Uh, big weekends for Vesti, Novalak and Fidipaldi, and for these guys now, this is two race weekends in a row, what they've actually shown, that they've got something for F2. They've got the talent, they can do it, they can perform. Novalak was very good in this feature race, he made some nice moves, scored some nice points. Fidipaldi was very good last feature race, he was very good all weekend here, I thought, he was very impressive, And Vesti qualified very, very well, drove very, very well. So these three guys who we've been kind of being innocuous to say the least so far this season have uh, shown up and shown out recently. And that's good to see. A bit more competitiveness in the field. Winner number two. We've already talked about him.
0: Wait, wait. You can't take three drivers as one fucking winner. Yes, I can. Well, I'm going to have no one left.
1: I said at the start, it can be a driver, it can be a winner, it can be a commentator, it can be anything. I, I chose a concept yeah. as my first winner. The concept was the also-rand.
0: Jesus fucking... all right. It's oh, as you said, this is my I'll...
1: world, you're just living in it. you got to get used to it, bub. Winner number two, I've got Logan Sargent. This was the best weekend of his F2 career by a fair margin. From pace and practice to the feature race, he was fucking solid. He was good. And that's a lot of promise there for Carlin, and we love to see it. My winner number three, MP Motorsport. Now, the undisputed leaders of the championship, Druggie's killing it. Novelak is showing talent. It is their championship to lose in the Constructors, because we all care about the Constructors in F2. It's obviously what we're here to follow. Those are my winners of the weekend in Barcelona.
0: Alright. I would just like to say uh, Frederick Vesti is my early hot tip to finish second to Dennis Hauger in next year's championship. Wow. (laughs) Because predicting him to win feels like a step too far. Wow. I feel like Hauger's on that trajectory. Oh, maybe I'll say he's going to finish second to it. Du- nah, I'll stick with Hauger. Because Duan, Duan will come like third this year, and I'll be like, yeah, he's a good shout for next year. And then Hauger will magically figure out how to drive an F2. Car, and then he'll win. It. That'll be really fucking annoying. But Vesti, I reckon, looking great to finish P2 in next year's champion. Interesting. My winners, seeing as Jashan has already taken most of the good ones, I'll go with the really Fucking boring and obvious ones. Felipe Drogovic is my winner of the weekend for reasons that none of us can figure out. <laughs> uh, won both. He literally he won both races. His qualifying was a little bit disappointing, but like it doesn't fucking matter when you win both races. Uh, cha- dominant position in the championship. He's put MP incredibly in a dominant position in the constructors. Obvious winner. Uh, next up, Jack pull on a P2 in the feature race and did what he had to do to get some points in the sprint race. That's an easy winner of the weekend as well. And with Joshon having taken all the great ones, <laughs> my next winner of the weekend is myself because I, I enjoyed last weekend, so wow. I was a winner of the weekend. Oh,
1: that's nice.
0: Um, I literally don't have anyone else because the only other people I've written down are the likes of Sargent, who you said, Vesti, Novelak, and Fittipaldi. Mm. Who you've said. Could have gone with, uh, I go with Owasa. I don't think is a winner of the weekend at all. He was superb in that sprint race. That's
1: his maiden fucking podium in F2, you dingbat. I know,
0: I know. You have to laugh. Yeah, But he's not a winner of the weekend because he was literally a loser in the Think about race.
1: contextually. Like, is not a guy who's expected to do major oh, no, know, this but season. I know. I For him not, to I do get his first podium really in cons- Formula 2 is definitely a win. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, but I don't think you can finish grading out as a winner of the weekend if the single most important of the three days to be classed as a... Like, you cannot finish the weekend graded out as a winner if you finish anything lower than upper mid-tier in how I grade you for the feature race, because that's where it truly counts. I agree. Podium is awesome. That's really good. But through no fault of his own, the incident... Because he was running 5th. So if he if the Duribola thing had to happened, Iwasa could have easily finished top five, top eight or something and come away with a few more points. And then... but So no, I don't think he's a winner of the weekend, unfortunately. Which sucks, because he was good in qualifying and he was brilliant in the... Oh, so like. I'll, actually, I'll just I'll just lock it in as me for knowing more about motorsport than you. <laughs> oh my god. Losers dude. of the weekend. <laughs> Losers of he the weekend. He scored one point
1: less than Fittipaldi over the weekend. <laughs>
0: Agree, but for raw expectations and car they're in and positions they were in to where they finished up. Oh my days. Because it's, 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 that's the thing. And I he drove agree, back he did, from last to 12th in the feature. That's some it's impressive chan- driving. Oh yeah, that's impressive driving. Oh but, yeah, it's impressive. Know, dri- yes, it is have, impressive. He could have been top five. He probably would have been top five. It's not his fault. Like, I'm not like, Owasa didn't do anything wrong this weekend, but like, Yuri Vips did nothing wrong in the feature race. I'm still classing him. Deruvula can't be a winner of the weekend because he fucking the feature race was awful. That wasn't his fault. Uh speaking of losers of the weekend, I'm gonna go listen to that. Callan Williams mm. uh should have probably had his maiden podium. Did. Didn't, and then tyres ran off at the end, and he could not come out away with any points in the feature race either. I will take Richard Vishore who just, he was a loser in qualifying. He was was a loser in the feature race, and he just snuck in as the last person I considered a middling sprint race, so easy loser. And then I will take... I'll I'll do, I'll make it, I'm going to make your life difficult, and I'm going to do, I'm going to go for a concept. Mm. Highly touted, Red Bull Prospects, nice. Lawson, Hauger, and Vic. Nice. All losers of the weekend. Are the highly talented Red Bull Prospects. Ooh, that was a good one.
1: That was a saucy one. Wait, you're not, you're not putting you. Daruvula into that category? It. It was also a Red Bull Prospect? No,
0: because Daruvula, I narrowly avoided... Because I, I don't know what Wasa is. Daruvula I have in the same category as a Wasa in the... He graded well for qualifying, and he graded well for the sprint race, and it wasn't really his fault in the feature race, so he fits out in the lower mid-pack in terms of how I graded his overall weekend. So not quite a loser. Fair enough. Um, but I have successfully managed to use your system to con it and make sure even though I have five names written down for losers of the weekend, I got to say all five. So
1: That's that's some crazy stuff right there, man. I mean, look, i got to be honest – I really, it doesn't bother me as much as I think you think it bothers me, you know? Life goes on, Matthew. I don't
0: think it bothers you at all. Life goes it. on. Yeah.
1: I had a superb pizza dinner last night that just made me so goddamn happy. Cheesy garlic bread. It'll put a smile on anyone's goddamn face and you're trying to
0: annoy me, but I'm just, uh, I'm just zen, bro. What sort of pizza are we talking about? I'm just zen.
1: Uh, I got a cappuccosa because I fucking love caprichosa.
0: From, are we, so are we just talking like Domino's? No, no, from, a, from, from a proper place. Just, you're a fucking lame Melbourne hipster. Mate, if not? there's a I
1: proper know. pizza joint open just at 11.30pm PM on a fucking Monday, I'm going to buy some goddamn proper pizza. Uh, mate, don't
0: act like Domino's doesn't just, like, it, it hits, it, sometimes you just need a Oh, Domino's,
1: domino's goes well, right. hits, I don't, look, too. I might get Domino's tonight, who knows, like, a fucking
0: back to back look at this high roller just ordering dinner left right and center yeah
1: I'm working two I'm working three jobs mate so I'm just I'm just made of money at this point
0: um (laughs) see this is you're in that you're in that spot where you're working all the jobs you got lots of disposable income and no time to be able to go out and do anything expensive you may as well just spend it on food (laughs) yeah
1: I'm trying to I'm trying to organize a group hang with the fellas but I just I don't have any time so I've just got them all coming to the bar while I'm working so I can sort of talk to them while I'm working (laughs)
0: That is, that is legendary. That's legendary.
1: Now let's talk losers, shall we? Because I will go number one, Trident. Okay, push it They went back-to-back scoring weekends in Saudi Arabia, and they've now gone back-to-back double donuts in Europe. They haven't scored Mm. since Saudi Arabia. So, sorry, back-to-back scoring weekends in the Middle East. Obviously, Bahrain and Saudi Arabia. Yes, they haven't scored since Jeddah. Uh, nothing for Williams, nothing for Vashaw, who's fallen off the face of a cliff for some reason. And yeah, it's a shame. Because they were looking like they could, you know, do some damage, maybe get into upper midfield territory. Alas, they are now back amongst the back markers for now. But we'll see how they come back. Number two, Jake Hughes. Bummed Pole in the sprint. He fucking bummed it. And he too has not scored since Jeddah. I hope he can figure it out because I love JQs. Well, ah, do I love him? I like JQs. I don't know. I don't think I love him, but I like him. He's got yeah, a good smile. He just... He's got a good friendly demeanor. You know, he's someone who you think to yourself, yeah, it'd be nice. No- it'd be nice if he did well. But he's yeah. got to stop. He's got to stop running his tires into the goddamn dirt. Poor boy. Yes. And I will finish it off here with Marcus Armstrong. Big loser. He only scored six points this weekend, thus ending his run of scoring ten every single weekend. That's fucking heartbreaking. And I think if I were him, I just wouldn't come back to Monaco next week. I'd just leave.
0: You know what? You know what? Whilst when you first said it, I was like, that's just fucking... But I I can't fault that logic. Whilst he actually had a very solid weekend, you're right. He'd scored 10 points every weekend, and he didn't... Honestly, so the only question I have is, if he'd won the feature race, would you have graded him a loser because he didn't score 10 points? Yes. 100%. Then, you know what? I accept that logic. That <laughs> checks out, that is completely reasonable, and it has high validity. I agree. Um, loser of the weekend, Marcus Armstrong.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm a big guy when it comes to validity. I'm just always valid.
0: It's It's a big thing to remember. Yeah. Even if you're doing truly crap in life, <laughs> as long as you're consistently doing crap, you are succeeding. Because consistency <laughs> is key. Okay. Consistency is key,
1: boys. And this has Words consistently been a pretty solid podcast. A bit meandering. Old. Oh, this
0: has probably been one of my f- funnest episodes to record. This has been great. Yeah,
1: big fan. Ah.
0: Well, yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna get back into some like uh, to discussing obscure like film and TV references or like the so <laughs> have, have, have you seen Have you seen the minutes? Thor
1: uh, Love and Thunder trailer? <laughs> uh,
0: yes, because I have seen Multiverse of Madness, uh, and they always play MCU trailers in MCU movies.
1: They do. Christian Bale's uh, character is a scary-looking beast. Like, what the actual fuck is going on there? Wait, Christian Bale's? In yeah, it? he plays the villain gore the god killer i believe gore the something something gore the god butcher is what it's called yes
0: let us see i have to see. Oh, obviously i obviously didn't pay enough attention
1: clearly he's the guy who is he's, he's like all white and he's got some like makeup on and stuff he's like i'm going to kill all of the gods well, okay what are your you thoughts on you natalie portman coming back sometime. in come on come
0: on oh i'm um, not not excited cuz i just don't like natalie portman anymore mm. Um, and I hate Jane, so <laughs> you hate Jane. <laughs> I just don't like Jane Foster.
1: Anti-Jane nomenclature. Wait, actually, ah, oh, nomenclature. does
0: Sorry, not, work
1: not
0: a. Though. And I also, I recently rewatched the prequels, and it just really solidified for me that even though it's not her fault at all, even that's it's the thing. Even though Natalie Portman acts her little white socks off in the prequels. Star Wars. Uh, George Lucas writes her character so poorly that, by association, I hate Natalie Portman because Padme Amidala, particularly in Revenge of the Sith, makes me want to blow my own brains out. Goddamn. Hashtag lost the will to live. Sorry, actually, you know what? That's a better, that's a better. She is so bad that she makes me lose the will to live.
1: Wow, that's fucking harsh, man.
0: Come on, mate. That's a brilliant reference. Yeah, it's good, That's but it's
1: still, moment, it's me. still, it's a, it's a slap in the face. Slap in Natalie Portman's cute little face right there.
0: Look, it's a, it's a slap in the face that she loses the will to live.
1: I actually watched. You've taken. I watched a um Hayden Steve Hayden Stevenson.
0: Hayden Christensen. I watched
1: a Hayden Christensen movie recently called The Jumper. About the courtesy of my roommate John. Shout out to John. Great guy. Absolute legend. A bit sick at the moment. I'm hoping he's okay. We shall see. But, um, yeah, he showed me this movie called The Jumper, and basically the premise is that there are you know certain people across the world who can teleport wherever they want, and Hayden Christensen is one of them. Definitely. So naturally he becomes, you know, a thief, because it's Hayden Christensen and he's a cunt. And he just steals a bunch of shit, and he's chillin'. But then they go up against uh, Samuel L. Jackson, who is just in this movie for some reason. Who plays?
0: Well, because it's Samuel L. Jackson. He's in
1: every. <laughs> he's movie. literally in every fucking movie, and he just plays the role of "I'm going to kill all the teleporters because why not?" And so it's just Hayden. It's Samuel L. Jackson. That, yeah. that,
0: that fits. That fits inside the, the Samuel Samuel L. Jackson character arc. Absolutely,
1: and it's just Samuel L. Jackson versus Hayden Christensen, and it's it's it's.
0: Does Samuel L. Jackson at any point say he's too dangerous to be kept alive? I think he
1: does. I think he says, like, you're all too is, dangerous to be kept alive.
0: That's, that's super meta, then. That is super God meta. damn.
1: And also Hayden Christensen breaks into the Coliseum at one point, so...
0: How would you rate Hayden Christensen's acting in the film?
1: Uh, in terms of Hayden Christensen performances, probably a 7. In terms of genuine acting, uh, negative 3.
0: Really? Out okay. of 10. I don't think Hayden Christensen's that bad. He just got given fuck all to work. It's pretty him. bad, mate. I like most of Hayden Christensen's scenes in the Star Wars films. Well, Yeah, sorry. big sand big I like fan, Hayden Christensen's scene. I like, sorry, I need to get into Hayden Christensen's scenes where he's with Ewan McGregor, brilliant. Yeah. Hayden Christensen's scenes where he's with Natalie Portman, some of the worst scenes ever put to film. <laughs> Very funny. Except for I don't like sand. Which is an awful scene, except for about the 10 seconds when Anakin's monologuing about sand, which is the height of cinema.
1: (laughs) No, it's not the height of sand. Sand has very good moments. I think sand's great. It feels good underfoot. No, no, it's the height of cinema. Oh, right. Um, Like,
0: that's the greatest quote in the history of film and television.
1: Well, with that, I think we should... Everything either side of it
0: in that scene is fucking awful. I think with
1: that hot take, with that hot sandy, (laughs) getting everywhere take, we should... We should stop this podcast. Because as much as I love talking about Star Wars, uh, we need to stop. That's where we've, we've reached an hour 20.
0: It's time to stop. And I only
1: have so much energy in me to edit this podcast. So without further ado, thank you all for listening to F2 for you. I have been your host, Jishan. I've been joined by Matthew. I hope you've had a good time today, Matthew.
0: I don't like sand
1: strong sand chat strong sand chat you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts, all that good shit follow the Instagram, etc, etc help me out boys, help me out let's go, and with that we will finish the podcast Ground it beneath the ground, the ground. Yes! Boy! Come on! Come on! That's how we do it, baby. Woo. Come on!